You are listening to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast, Episode 101, Self-Discipline is the New Self-Care. Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Sanchez. I have five kids, and I love sports and the piano, and I'm also a certified life coach and divorce coach. Here I talk about living your best life, whether you're divorced, married, or single, it doesn't matter. Achievement is nothing without fulfillment. So let's go. Oh, hey, everybody. Howdy. How's it going? It's been a while. Yeah, I've, t- I've taken some time off. I got to 100 episodes and I thought, that's pretty cool. Yeah, what else do I have to say? <laughs> guess what? I still have things to say. I guess I always do. I can run my mouth for a while, but... I have other things in the works, and so I took a little break, but I'm back. Thank you for coming and listening tonight. I've got some stories to tell and some things to say that if it isn't useful to you, it's useful to me. (laughs) No, I think it's really useful to everybody. I've been reading this book called The Road Less Traveled by Dr. M. Scott Peck. Pick it up if you want a little bit of enlightenment and expansion, really, I feel, of the thought about our trials and the thought about love. He talks about what real love is, and that's been really cool, and expanding upon your faith, too. But the first line in his book says, life is difficult. And I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. Do I even want to read this? Do I want, oh, life is difficult. What? I have a whole podcast about how I'm trying to tell people it's not difficult and that you can do it and you can, you know, transform it into making it amazing and alluring and expansive and free. And I don't want to hear life is difficult. Isn't men are that they may have joy? And then I thought, hmm, he didn't say life is miserable. He said life is difficult. And yes, let's not avoid things. There are difficult things in life. There's challenges. And we can still have ample amount of joy around the difficult, right? And oddly enough, think to yourselves, have you had joy around difficult things? Usually, you have more joy when you engage in difficult things that helps you kind of get somewhere, right? So go with me here for a minute. Every trial we have, it's like a different kind of hard. It's a different kind of difficult. You know, you can be a single mom with four kids. That's hard. You can be grieving the death of a spouse or a child. That's a totally different type of hard. Or you can have a spouse who has cancer. I just heard my friend, her husband's only 38 years old. He has colon cancer. Luckily, it's treatable. You can have a child who's dealing with a lot. Maybe he has a disability. Maybe he's being bullied. You know, that you have that type of heart. Or you even have the type of heart that maybe your life's too easy. Maybe it's not fulfilling you because it's too easy type of heart. Or challenge. Each type of hard or challenge or problem, whatever you want to call it, can be dealt with. And, or I like to say, and 
it can be solved. And I have the answer for you today. And sometimes it is hard to swallow this answer. The answer is discipline. With discipline, you can solve any problem. The more discipline you have, the more problems and different types of problems you can solve. Different types of disciplines equal solving different types of problems. Isn't that right? And guess what? Nobody wants to tell you this. It's not popular amongst therapists. That's for sure. Right? People don't want to hear the word discipline. <laughs> they think work. I have to get, give this attention. You have to get my relationship that isn't working discipline. No, no, no. That takes the magic and passion out of it. No, I, I, I can't. You know, I can't do this. And so they'll run for the hills. They don't want to be told this. So you have to be in the right frame of mind to take this. So you might be listening right now and think, ah, no, I don't want to hear this. So try to get into the right frame of mind. And what I mean by that is a therapist is not going to sit down with someone who has experienced copious amounts of trauma and tell them this can be solved through discipline. No, their brains can't even process that. There's like these brain scans that show what happens to a brain after significant amounts of trauma. Their brain can't solve problems. So what I mean by getting your mind right, you know, and that's on the extreme, extreme case, is you have to be safe, you have to be secure, you have to be in this process of, okay, I'm ready, <laughs> you know? Like this is more, definitely more a life coaching thing, right? Um, I suggest if you have had huge trauma um, or grief to seek out someone specialized in that area. But I will, I will say that even discipline, you know, will work. Self-discipline will heal you. It will help you. It will turn things around for you and give you hope. So here's a story about <laughs> maybe not being ready to hear it and things. I think I had my third child and I just was not functioning. I wasn't the greatest mother. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't handling motherhood very well. And I just had two babies really back to back, 20 months apart. And for me, it was a big challenge. And I couldn't function. I wasn't getting anything done. My house looked like the Tasmanian devil, ran through it multiple times a day. And I just felt like life was crapping kind of all over me. And I was just sitting in it. So sorry about that metaphor. But I kept telling my mom and asking her, like, how did you do it? Backstory, my mom had 10 kids, okay? And she was like, amazing. And did all of my science projects so beautifully. Thanks, mom. And all of ours. And we were all in everything. Music, gymnastics, all the school sports, everything. And somehow, she never missed a game. So she was like, that really great mom that could do it all. And so I kept asking her, how in the heck did you do this? Now that I'm 
adulting and having kids. I now see the sacrifices. You know, we've all been there. And she kept telling me, I just don't think you're in the right frame of mind for me to tell you. I don't think you're in this right frame of mind. And I'm like, no, I am. I am ready. And I remember still it was one night and I was driving. And (laughs) so it had been a couple of weeks where she would not tell me. And so I finally begged her. I was like, I'm in the right frame of mind. I'm ready. I am ready for it. Lay it on me. And she's like, okay, you're not going to like it. You know, nobody likes to hear, you're not going to like it before they hear something. But then she went into telling me everything she did day in and day out to make it work. So she could be on top of everything. So she could not be consumed and controlled by the chaos around her, but, but so she could control it. And by doing that, she was able to have a good attitude and love what she did. And so she proceeded to tell me I'd get up at 5.30 before everybody would wake up and I had my laundry basket. That's when I would start going around and just picking everything up in the entire house. I'd throw you know, a load of laundry in and then I would get everybody up for scriptures. And then she would go on walks or runs with her friends in the morning. And then, you know, like, and then she told me what she did at night before she went to bed. And I just was like, my jaw dropped, right? Like I thought, whoa, okay. So what you're telling me is you're working all day. Like this is tough stuff. And she did not mean for it to be uh this is toughen up speech time you know (laughs) like she didn't mean for it to sound like that but basically what she was trying to tell me was you got to do some hard things and exercise some discipline in here right and for some reason I just didn't equate those small and simple things to motherhood (laughs) I didn't look at it as a job I just looked at it like something I was and that it would just come to me miraculously and easily. So (laughs) going back, okay, to this discipline and how it can solve any problem. Uh, Think with me for a moment about something for a second. There is not a problem you cannot solve. I want you to imagine, let's imagine for some physical type problem. Let's imagine your lawnmower breaks down and you're like, okay, let's fix the lawnmower. I have no idea how to fix the lawnmower, right? And then you realize your neighbor is super good at fixing lawnmowers. And so you ask him and you consult Google and YouTube tutorials and you get in there and you spend the time, right? And you figure it out. And your neighbor says, in kind of showing you a few things, hey, you know, the reason I'm handy, the reason I can fix lawnmowers and cars and all these things is because I've been doing it my whole life. I've spent the time. So imagine if you could spend the time necessary to solve any problem. Now, could this apply to mental and emotional struggles too? I totally think so. You know, it's different though than the physical, right? 
when we have, let's say we have a knee injury, we got surgery on our knees, we have physical therapy and we can start walking slowly, going to physical therapy, seeing the bruises subside, um, the stitches heal, and we can physically see it and see ourselves walking faster through that physical therapy into running, into it being the same and even stronger than it was before. Now, are all of those things a form of self-discipline? Yes, you have to have discipline to exercise the knee, discipline to go to physical therapies, discipline to do those therapies at home, discipline to ice your knee, discipline to, you know, do whatever needs to be done to heal it. And it's easy to see because it's physical and you can see the, you know, the fruit of your later labors, mental problems, emotional problems are not as easy to gauge. They're going to be a little bit more tricky. They might even take more self-discipline. But knowing that you have the capability to figure it out is a great first step. We all are capable of exercising self-discipline, finding out, you know, it might take a little research it might take a little collaboration. Man was not meant to be alone. You know what? This scripture has come to me a lot lately. And it is in reference to Eve being created and them being together. But I am just not thinking it in the reference as husband and wife. I am thinking that we really are not meant to be alone in general. That life is collective happiness is connectivity that part of the reason why talk therapy even works is you're just telling something to somebody right reach out that is probably one of the hardest self-disciplines when you're really feeling down and alone reach out but i want you guys to remember you are capable. You have God in you. What do I mean by this? We are spirit children of God. We have his characteristics in our spirits, in our minds. You know that subconscious part of yourself that will just pop in and tell you these wonderful things for you to do? Or you should do that. And then <laughs> the natural man part of us that comes in and says, no, I'm too tired. I'm not going to do that. No, I want to eat this. Right? Let's tap into that part of us that is God-like. All of us have it. And let's figure out how to exercise the self-discipline to accomplish it. If you need help figuring that out, here's a plug for me. That's something I'm really good at figuring out. I can brainstorm with you to create a plan for you to start exercising the things that will change your habits, change your thoughts, change those patterns. That, my friends, is self-discipline. And I've been thinking a lot about the fact that this is the best type of self-care. We hear all the time lately about self-care. I'm starting to 
I'm starting to feel like it's a trigger word. It's starting to bother me. When I hear the word self-care, I'm like, oh my gosh. But we have to be careful a little bit with self-care, right? I really don't feel like self-care is self-indulgence. I actually think it's opposite. I think self-care is self-discipline. Now, I'm not saying to not treat yourself or indulge, you know, every now and then, but be careful of patterns. What do I mean by this? Let's take the workout scenario. If you skip a workout or, or skip doing something you want to do, you know, that, oh, I don't care today. I'm not doing it. I don't care. I'm sleeping it. It actually affects everything and it builds momentum just like being productive does. Remember neurons that fire together, wire together? I say that all the time. We think it means self-care, so we do it. And then guess what? It actually damages the self. It's like the Netflix binge thing of self-care. Oh, wait, I feel like crap because I just binge watched 10 episodes and didn't do anything today. You know, things like that. Like it actually builds this momentum. Like you're trying to eat right or exercise and you wake up and you eat like three pancakes and then you try to hit the gym and you're like, oh, I feel like crap. I, I can't even do this. You walk out and then the rest of your day is just terrible. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like a little bit too much self-indulgence can have momentum. And then it builds and builds and builds, just like self-discipline can. I know that fear is the opposite of self-discipline. Like fear is lazy's friend, I think, because there's this laziness a little bit around that fear that you're going to change, it's going to be hard, and you're fearful of it. You're not going to like how it feels. It's not going to be comfortable. And that's that antithesis of self-discipline. Now, the cool thing that's wrapped around self-discipline is self-confidence. I've talked about that before. Go back and listen to the self-confidence podcast if you haven't. But when you actually fulfill things that you, you say you're going to do, that is what self-discipline is, it automatically will give you self-confidence. And I just want to promise you guys that with the self-discipline, let's think of some things that you can do. And gosh, I got to tell you, this podcast was for me because I've been feeling a little blah, or what is that emoticon or whatever, emoji, meh. Been feeling a little bit of that. And this has been the Spirit's answer to me. And so I know and can promise you that this can be your answer too. So what are you going to do? What can you start doing and implement back? Yes, it might be difficult, but in difficulty, you find the joy. In that, you find your true person, more of your godlike character. It's in there. It's talking to you. You go find out and ask. And through the Spirit, you'll you'll find the answer of the things that you need to do. Simple little things. There's a scripture that stuck out to me. Romans chapter 5, 
verses 3 through 5. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I love that that scripture points out that tribulations, they glory in them. If only we could see what these difficulties do for us. Let's have a different perspective. Maybe the difficult people in our lives are for us so we can learn and grow. What if we looked at them that way? What if we looked at problems this way? That can help in our implementation of this self-discipline. You know, I'm in my guest room right now as I'm recording this podcast and I have a little picture of myself. I don't know how it got in here, but I'm just picking it up right now. I am probably five years old. I'm just tiny. And it is a picture of me playing the piano and behind it is my grandparents and all of my cousins at a family reunion on my mom's side. And it's so cute to see them in their little 1980s gear. They, you know, are deceased now. And I can see my cousin back there just, he is like laughing because he can't believe that this five-year-old is playing. And I don't say this to brag. It's just a, it's kind of a cool reminder to me to see the self-discipline I had on the piano all those years, starting from when I was four years old, how many hours how many moments I spent to create something that turned into joy, that turned into this magic on the piano. Think of the things that you've put hard work into that take intricate time. There's something special about it that generates something extra. It's like bigger than happiness. I, I can't even put a word on it. But I want you to go back and think in your mind, what can you implement for your own emotional well-being? What can you do? Right? Sometimes it takes just that five, four, three, two, one and do it. And then as you go through the motions and you get some adrenaline or you get some endorphins, that's when things can start changing. You can do it too with thought work. That takes a lot of self-awareness, but Again, that's self-discipline, right? It can be done to change your feelings that way too. All right, people, email me if you need extra help on this. That's what I'm here for. I hope that the small amount of simple thoughts in this podcast has helped you. That's all I ever hoped for. All right, guys, make it what you want for reals. Okay, have a great day. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed the podcast, please write a review, subscribe, share. And if you'd like to do some personal coaching with me, hop on over to my website, coachemilysanchez.com.